Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. That's bless him. Bless him. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't he worthy? Hallelujah. As, you ref as we reflect on this year, Amen. trials and tribulations, situations and circumstances, we still standing. Yes. Hallelujah. AD, you can turn that down some, some more. Glory. Amen. Yes. Come on, give him some praise. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Stand at your feet. Clap. Come on. Come on, lift him up. Come on. Come on, come on, lift him up. Hallelujah. Come on, bless him, bless him, bless him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Yes. He is worthy. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You got to get your praise on. Okay? Yeah. You got to get your praise on. You got to get, you got to worship. And you know depression is a, is a uh, satanic form of worship. You know oppression is a satanic form of worship. <laughs> if you ain't lifting him up and exalting him, then what are you lifting up and exalting? If you ain't magnifying him, what are you making bigger than life? He's bigger than every problem, every situation and circumstance. <laughs> He said, magnify him. Magnify him. The eternal king. The Bible says there's no shadow in his turn. And he don't, he's so big, he doesn't even have a shadow. And he said, magnify him. That means that situation is really small. You made it big. You magnifying the situation. All he got to do is blink and take care of it. Amen. <laughs> He gave you the power. He gave you the authority. Ah. Well, we're going to uh, get into our word on for today, 1237. I got a good hour. Uh, we're going to get into our word on today. We're still coming from the uh, series, Suffer to Reign. Suffer to Reign. Is this growing you up? Is it growing you up, okay? Our title scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, uh, and it reads, it says, If we suffer, if, if we suffer, we have a choice. We can run from the suffering. It's going to catch up with you. <laughs> but he said, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Okay, if we suffer with him, we will also rule with him. Okay, we will also walk in the blessings with him. All right, we don't get to deny the suffering and walk in the blessings, get the inheritance. We don't get the big fat bank account and don't have to go through nothing. We don't get the influence and the affluence and don't have to go through anything. Matter of fact, it is the suffering that lets him know that he can give us more. It's the suffering that lets him know that we can, he can trust us. So he said, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. 
Why with him? Because we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Sometimes we read it as if, as if we're heirs of Jesus Christ. No, we're heirs of God, of Abba, of Yah. But then we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. There's nothing that he has that doesn't belong to us already. That's why the Bible says when he gave us the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will take what is his and reveal it to us. So if you hear the Holy Spirit correctly, you hear him telling you of all the things that you have in Christ, the things that belong to you. So he said, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, the scripture says we will, he will also deny us. Nobody wants to get denied. Amen. To reign means to reign together, to possess supreme honor, liberty, and blessedness in the kingdom of God. Not in the kingdom of heaven. We're not getting our blessings when we leave. We don't need power after we die. We don't need no authority when we get to heaven. We don't need no money when we get to heaven. We don't need no strength once we're dead. Everything that he has for us is for right now. Say right now. Okay. <laughs> Put that religion out, y'all, right there. Right now, right now. <laughs> to suffer means to remain. It means to abide. It means not to recede or flee. So whenever we get into conflict, into situations and circumstances, the Bible says if we're going to suffer with him, that we will remain doing what the word says. We will abide in his presence, in his will. We would not recede. We would not flee. We're not going to run. We don't hide. It means to persevere under misfortunes and trials to hold fast to one's faith. So you mean to tell me why you're going through that? He, he expects you to still believe, I will not leave you or forsake you. But it don't look like it. <laughs> I don't feel your presence. I said I will never leave you or forsake you. It means to endure, to bear bravely and calmly ill treatments. So you get put in situations and circumstances where you are being treated wrong. And he said, still love him. Pray for him. Y'all don't hear that? Y'all don't hear that when y'all going through? If you say you hear the spirit, see, we say we hear the spirit. But when we going through stuff, we don't hear the spirit say endure. Stay attached to the vine. Abide. If you abide in me, my word abide in you. Told you we got to retune our ears. We say we hear him, but I want to really test and see, do we really hear him or do we hear what we want to do? <laughs> I hit it. That's it right there. Sometimes we hear the outcome we want to see. Tell him off. Mm, that is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And so today's title of our teaching is, This is Our Heritage. Say it with me. Say, This is Our Heritage. All right, I want to bring to you on today that it is our heritage to prove, to vindicate the Father when we go through situations. It is our heritage, meaning it is our portion. It belongs to us just like blessings. It belongs to us just like riches, just like honor. Suffering 
is our portion. It's a part of our inheritance. He said, if you suffer with me, you will reign with me. So suffering is a part of our heritage. It is a part of our uh, heritage to prove the world wrong, to prove Satan wrong, and most of the time, to prove ourselves wrong. We have to prove the Father right, the Word right, that we have this life that is in Christ. We can say that we're his daughters, his sons, but in the end, we got to prove that thing. You got to prove it. Amen? So this is our heritage. Our uh, scripture, we're going to come from Isaiah chapter 54, and we're going to read verses 8 through 17 for our intro. And it reads... Now, this is Isaiah prophesying about the grace that is about to be released on the sons and daughters. Okay, this is Isaiah prophesying. He said, with a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. He says, but with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 9, he says, for this is like the waters of Noah to me, for I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. So have I sworn that I would not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. This is grace revealed. This is him speaking. He's letting you know this is my heart towards you. This is the way I think of you. This is the covenant that I'm making with you. He said, just like the, the waters of Noah he, Noah, he said, I have sworn. He said, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. Say amen. amen. All right. Verse 10. It says, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Say amen. amen. These are the scriptures that you hold on to in the tough situations. These are the ones that you need to remember when Satan's talking to you. He says, uh, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Say amen. amen. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. So he's returning us to the covenant, the eternal covenant, the, co the relational covenant in which he wants to, us to know how he feels about us. Verse 11, it says, oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stone with colorful gems. Now he's talking about you're going through stuff, but I'm going to build you up. So he said, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystals, and your walls of precious stones. Say amen. amen. He's letting you know, this is how I'm going to build you. I'm going to build you to represent me. Verse 13, he says, and your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. So not only am I going to bless you and build you up, this is going to flow over into the next generation. Verse 14, he says, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall, you shall be far from oppression. Far from oppression. 
for you shall not fear. So you're going to be far from oppression and you're not going to fear. He says, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now he's establishing you, he's positioning you, he's letting you know this is how I feel about you. This is my thoughts towards you. Anytime, the script, anytime you read in scripture, he says, I know the thoughts I think of you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. He tells us, I know the end of a thing before the beginning. So I created you. And before I created you, I wrote your whole life in a book. And I need you to stay in communication with me so I can reveal it to you. I know the end before the beginning. If you don't know your destiny, your purpose is because you're not in communication. You're not talking. You're not asking. But he knows the end before the beginning. He knows why he created you. He knows what he wants you to do. He knows where he wants you to do it. He knows when he wants you to do it. The Bible says that he penned our life. Verse 15. Now, after all the stuff he just said, verse 15, he says, Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. So he's revealed the covenant to us, revealed his love to us, revealed how he feels about us. Then he turns around and says, look, if, if anything goes on with you, it won't be me. I'm not going to be the one rebuking you. I'm not going to be the one going against you, striving against you. It would not be me. He said, indeed, they shall assemble, but not because of me. Whosoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Typically, we see him doing everything for his name's sake. But right here, he said that they're going to come against you and they're going to fall for your sake. This is going to be so that you can have courage. You need to see that whatever stands against you will be dominated, will be defeated. Verse 16, he says, behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the despoiler to destroy. So he said, look, I created the ones who create the weapons. I created the ones who created the weapons. And not only that, I created the spoiler to destroy. I created the devourer. I created Lucifer. But I did it for y'all to have fun. I did it to vindicate myself. If you, if you really knew that Satan is really no match for you. He's really no match for you. The issue here is you don't know who you are. You don't know what your father says about you. He's really no match for you. The Bible says that when we see him, we're going to say, is this the dude who shook the nation? Verse 17, one of our favorite scriptures. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, he just told you, I created the weapon. I created the ones who created the weapon. So I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, I will condemn it. He said, you shall condemn it. Then he says, this is the what? 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So it is our heritage, it is our portion, it is our birthright to walk into situations and circumstances in this lifetime with an understand prove that no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. He didn't say the weapon would not form. He said that the weapon that is formed would not prosper. Then he said that every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you're going to condemn it. This is our heritage. That when weapons form, they can't prosper. When tongues rise up against us in judgment, we condemn them. But how do we do that? By proving the life of Christ. By staying focused on the heritage, which is the, in, which is the inheritance that he has given us, which is the, the portion, which is uh, adhering to his name and his ways. He expects us to prove these things. So that's what I want to talk to you about briefly, is about this is our heritage. And it is our job to prove. It is our job to authenticate this lifestyle. The Bible says that the, that the, uh, um, the whole creation is groaning, groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The world, the world, the earth is waiting for some authentic children of God. To prove that this lifestyle can be done, to prove that this is a, that, to prove the genuineness of it. He has entrusted us with his kingdom to authenticate his name, to bear his name, let his, to make his kingdom come through us. The Bible says you're going to look for the kingdom, and he said it ain't here, it ain't there. He said because it's in you. So if the kingdom is going to be revealed, it's going to be revealed through us. So we have to prove, right? John chapter 15, verse 8. It says... My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so do what? Prove to be my disciples. So Jesus said, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit so that you may prove to be disciples. What are disciples? Students, pupils, those who are learners. If you are a learner, if you are a disciple of Abba, if you are a disciple of Christ, the scripture says that you will bear much fruit. The proof that you are a disciple is that you bear much fruit. It means that in some area of your life, in some area of your life, not all, he don't expect us to do it in every area of our life all the time because we're growing, amen? But he expects to look at us and see that if we are his disciples, that we should be bringing some fruit. Okay? The results of being a disciple, the results of learning, getting in the scriptures, you can't fake this life. <laughs> you can't fake it. If you're not in your word, it'll show. If you're not studying to show yourself what? Approved. It will show. If you're not praying, it will show. If you're not fasting, it will show. You have to prove that you are a disciple, meaning that you got instructions from the teacher and you followed it. You did your homework. 
You broke, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. It says, uh, uh, um, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you divide something, you break it down to the smallest. You can't do nothing else with it. <laughs> so he expects us to prove that we are disciples. He expects us to prove in, in every and any area of our life that the Father is raising us in righteousness, in peace, in joy. He expects it. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So if we are to say that we are kingdom-minded, then we have to prove that our life sustains righteousness, that it sustains peace, and it sustains joy. So this is our heritage. Our heritage is that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. But watch this. A lot of times it looks like it's prospering because we have no fruit. It's not that the thing that is coming up against you is prospering. You just don't have any fruit. So it looks like it's prospering. But it is the heritage of his children, Chad, to prove it is our heritage to show forth some fruit. Whether it's in, it's in the ministry of reconciliation in which we go get souls. Whether it's in his character. In every give, given situation, he needs to see his disciples. He needs to see proof that you hear from him and that you are following through. We are not, look, there is no situation in life, I hate to say it like this, there's no situation in, in our life that we can go through and go against his word. We don't have permission to be angry. Amen? We don't have permission to, 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 to uh, uh, backbite. We don't have permission to go wrath. We don't have permission to do those things. Only thing that we have permission to do is bear fruit. It's to show forth his glory. So it is our heritage that we prove that no weapon formed against us will prosper. It is our heritage that we prove that every tongue that rises against us in judgment will be condemned. But the issue here is, is that if we have lack of fruit, we condemn ourselves. When we have lack of fruit, we condemn ourselves. The Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, now we usually stop right there, and we think that there's no condemnation because I'm saved, but if the scripture says there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So a lot of times what's going on with us is this, is that the weapon is formed, the tongue is rising against us in judgment, but we feel condemned because we're living in the flesh. And it's not the tongue, it's not the judgment that's rising up against us that's condemning us. It's the fact that we don't live a spiritual life and we're supposed to. It's the reason why the Bible says that in Galatians 4 and 7 that as long as the child is a 
is an heir. As long as the nepios, as long as the heir is a child, it differs no more than a slave, although it owns everything. That word there is nepios. He says, yes, I have an inheritance for you, but as long as you stay an infant, I can't release it to you. As long as you remain carnal, I can't release it to you. I want to give you everything that I prepared for you, but it's hard for me to give you something that you're not ready for. It's hard for me to give you something when you are not aligning yourself with the heritage of the servants of the Lord. James chapter 1 verse 22. And it reads, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers of the word deluding themselves. So what is he? So he's telling us, but prove yourself to be a doer of the word. Prove to be a doer of the word. Don't just quote no scripture. We thank you for remembering the scripture, but we need you to prove that you are a doer of the word and not merely a hearer of the word, deceiving yourself. When you are just a hearer of the word, you deceive yourself and you may think that this is your life. It's only your life when you actually do the word. I had some more scripture. Let me hold on. Give me one second. We forgot, didn't we? I wanted to uh, give the rest of those scriptures because sometimes uh, when you're teaching, you can be looking for a good visual to kind of show people um, what this looks like. And sometimes the scripture just gives it to you. And so in this instance, the scripture just gives it to us. So I'm going to read uh, first. I'm going to read James 1 chapter 20. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. Um, it, it says, but prove yourself doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. Verse 23, it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. You see the visual here? It says, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person that he was. So when you're just a doer, when you are a doer of the word, it's more like Jesus in which the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we saw his glory, glory of the father. But the scripture says when you are only a hearer of the word, it's as if you look in the mirror And as soon as you leave the mirror, you forget your natural face. So it's not enough for us to read the scriptures, but we have to make sure that scripture becomes our life. The goal here is that the word becomes flesh. It's not that we love when situations happen. It becomes a, a time when we are love. The Bible didn't say God loves us. The Bible says that God is love. Jesus said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. He says, imitate, conform, transform, which means I'm leaving one side and I'm coming to the other. 
So we have to prove that we are doers of the word and not just hearers. Why? Because his name is on the line. <laughs> the heritage is on the line. It's our birthright. Which means we were born for this purpose. Jesus told uh, um, Pilate, he said, I was, he said, are you the king of Jews? He said, yes, and for this purpose I was born. You were born again to prove Satan wrong. You were born again to vindicate the Father. You were born again, placed in the kingdom on earth to establish the kingdom, and so the kingdom can, so the kingdom can be seen through you. We not, this is not a Wednesday, Sunday. Wednesday, Sunday. This is not what this is. It's not Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. No, this is, look, this, like I told you, we are ambassadors. This is the embassy. We come here to train so that when we go out there, we reflect the kingdom. We're ambassadors. We're supposed to represent him in everything that we do. We have to prove this. We can't just say, I'm saved and sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. I'm blessed and highly flavored of the Lord. But then when we get in a situation where we have to love, we lose all of that. When we get in a situation where we have to actually give, especially, watch this, I'm going to prophetically tell y'all something. You're about to have to start pouring into people you don't like. He's going to make you pour into the very people that you don't like, that you despise, that you think are not worthy. So the best thing for you to do right now is settle your heart. Settle your heart. Because he don't care what they did to you. Somebody got a worse story than yours of how they went through something and overcame it. You ain't the first and you're not the last. I remember one time... This woman, was, she was like 40, 45, 50, something like that. I don't know, whatever, whatever. Forget the age. But, but, but she, was, she was moaning and crying about something that happened to her when she was 13. And the pastor said to her, he said, when are you going to turn 14? When is that thing going to become a superpower for you? When is it going to become a place of ministry from you? When are you going to see that the things that we go through are to help somebody else? The things that we go, to, go through are to test our love. The things that we go through are to enhance our patience. We talk about it. You are in the wine press right now. <laughs> and he's trying to get the wine out of you. He's trying to fill the vat so others can drink. The glory of any fruit is what? It's the juice. But nobody wants to be the fruit when it's being crushed. Nobody wants to be crushed to reveal the glory. That's not popular. Nobody's lining up saying, crush me. We sing make new wine, but when it's time, we kick and scream and grab and running. Because we don't want to suffer, but we don't understand. That just as it is our heritage and our inheritance to walk and live a blessed life, so is it for us to go through things. Because if your destiny is as powerful as you think it is, then you're going to need every bit of the crushing to sustain it.
So, I get right here. So, this is our heritage. That no weapon formed against us will prosper. But that's only if we are doers of the word. A lot of time the weapons form and it look like they're prospering because you're just a hearer. It's our heritage that every tongue that rises up against us in judgment will be condemned. The issue is, is when a tongue rises up against us in judgment, we don't respond like the word. <laughs> I got a right to tell you all. Oh, I've been waiting on this time, this moment to act ungodly. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to push that easy button so I can easily tell you off. And the father is looking at us like, this is not of our heritage. This is not what we do. That's why I tell you, nobody wants to be pruned. But it's necessary. Nobody wants to be cur uh, 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 purged. Nobody wants to be chastised. But the Bible says it yields righteous fruit. So this should be our heartbeat. If the purging or if the if the purging cleans us out, we should want it. If the pruning cuts us back so that we can be more fruitful, we should want it. I'm preaching at the wrong church. <laughs> if it yields righteous fruit, I mean, we should want it. We should we should want the righteous fruit. If it yields it, we should want it. But this only happens when we want to represent the name. Because we say, use me, Lord. Then we say, not like that. <laughs> I had someone tell me that literally one day. He said, I'm tired of people using me. I said, didn't you say, Lord, use you? <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's, look, sometimes people use you for your stuff. Sometimes it's for your money. Sometimes it's for stuff that they don't have. But, God, but you said, use me. He said, pray for those that use you. So it seems as if he knew that we were going to go through some type of suffering. He knew this, we was, that something would come against us. Jesus told us if they persecuted me. Now, with the persecution... According to Jesus comes blessings. But we want the blessings. We want the blessings, right? Well, in order to get the blessings, the Bible says that you have to be poor in spirit. In order to get the blessings, the scriptures say you have to be meek at heart. In order to get it, you have to be persecuted. Watch this, for his name's sake. Not because your foolishness. Philippians, chapter 2, verse 13, 13 to 15. 
And it reads, for it is God who is at work in you. Say amen. Both to desire and work for his good pleasure. I don't want to read verse 14. I just don't feel right. Do all things. All. Not some other things. Like, not we on we 95% this thing. But that 5%, we should be able to complain, Chad. We should be able to dispute. Oh, you in the right church. If y'all want to grow, you in the right church. He said, do all things without complaining or arguing. One scripture says murmuring or disputing. Verse 15, so that, I need help. Uh, I couldn't quite see it, Shanika. I couldn't quite see it. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. So do all things without complaining or arguments so that you approve yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in this world. So we have to prove ourselves to be blameless and innocent. And I'm going to tell you how to do this, okay? Just by... Sticking to the scriptures. He didn't say prove yourself to be perfect amongst men. He said blameless and innocent. Which means just abide in the scriptures. You don't have to worry about what everybody else is saying. I wish my kids would have told me ahead of time that they was having this gender bender thing at school. Okay. Now my son told me that you can't even go to the bathroom without boys in the stall. Okay. Oh, come on. So they called me about some pants my daughter had on when a, a boy was standing next to her with a pink wig and a halter top on and tell her she shouldn't have on some pajama pants on the day at school when it's pajama day. And you know what she did? Let me call my parents. We got on the phone, and I said, well, is, is anything she doing is against rules and regulations? Nope. With anything this and this and that? Nope. She good. She was blameless and innocent in a crooked and perverse generation. So what did she do? She called the household where she's raised and seen, am I doing this right? That's all you have to do, Abba. Am I doing this right? If you're doing this right, they can shut the heaven up. Okay? Because the scripture said do all things. You ain't got to complain. You ain't got to dispute. You ain't got to argue with the boss. Do it how the father said. The father said, uh-oh. Obey your earthly masters. 
and work for them as if you're working for the Lord. Don't do it while they're watching. <laughs> Don't just do it when they're watching. Do it when they're not watching. If you just do it his way, you get the promotion. You'll get the raise. You'll get the advancement. The problem is, is that it's time. I ain't even got to say it. We have to prove it. This is our heritage, that we prove that we are blameless and innocent, that we are his children, and the scripture said that we are above reproach. We are above reproach, which means y'all don't got nothing to say to us. We live from a whole different code, rules, and regulations. I hear you, but we live, we are above approach, reproach of this crooked and perverse generation. The scripture said that we are to appear as light to them. So what does that mean? That means that when they can't see the right way, it's our job to show. When a boy can't see what a man is, it's time for one of Abba's children to stand up and be a light. When the young lady can't see what a woman is, it's time for the daughters of God to stand up and say, this is what a woman look like. When you can't find a good marriage, you should be able to look at God's children who conduct their marriage according to his household, according to his word, and find what light look like. We are light. We are salt. Meaning that, that once... Because his kingdom is here, the world is to look to us. But what happens when the world's looking to us and we not doing it right? It becomes an issue. When he says, husband, love your wives, and we not loving our wives. Wives, submit to your husband. Ain't no submitting going on. Because why? We don't want to do what the words say. We always have a reason why we can't. Or we shouldn't have to. Uh-oh. I lost some friends. You, you have to gauge your life by the word. Not by how people make you feel. They shouldn't have said that. Yes, they should have. Because they pushed the right button to show what you ain't studying. This is our heritage. We have to prove it that we are a divine generation. That we are a royal priesthood. That we are a holy nation. We have to prove it. That we walk by faith, not by sight. Stop telling me what you see. We have to prove it. One of the signs of not wanting to suffer is complaining and disputing. That's one of the signs I'm not willing to suffer. The Bible said that Jesus was a lamb led to the slaughter, didn't open his mouth. Proved to be blameless and innocent in a crooked, perverse generation. They slapped him, they spit on him, put him on the cross, ripped his clothes off, crowned the thorns on his head. At any time, this brother had the power to disappear. He did it before. <laughs> but he knew when it was his time to suffer and when it wasn't. 
It was times he had to tell him, I'll be with you just for a little bit longer. I know y'all want to kill me, but I'll be here just for a little bit longer. It's not my time. So you have a chosen time that you will suffer. You will go through things. And all of it is to vindicate your father. So he can say, that's my daughter, that's my son, that's my child, those are my children. He went through this whole issue with the children of Israel. Trying to, he pulled them out of Egypt, then he got to pull Egypt out of them. This is what we are. We pull, we've been, we're not in the world no more, but we still got to get the world pulled out of us. Okay? We still got to get the world, because we still got that, that, that mouth of our mother. That, that temper of our father, we still got it. We look more like our biological than our spiritual. We switch heritages, but we didn't investigate. <laughs> we didn't investigate and see what does this heritage really look like. We have to prove that we are doers of the word. We have to prove that we are disciples. This is our heritage, that we prove that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Look, y'all, nobody wants to be the example, right? But somebody got to see somebody go through something and handle it the right way. We got to see somebody suffer Somebody has to, to, to go through something and not let depression take hold of you because you believe in what the words say. Not let anxiety. Some people, you got to be able to recover and restore from the things that are going on in your life. You can't take days off <laughs> worrying about what people think when you already know what the words say. So this is our heritage. There's no weapon that is formed against us we're prosper. But what happens when a weapon forms and you complaining? What happens when the weapon forms and you arguing? It look like it's prospering. It ain't prospering. You just not proven. You're just not authenticating the lifestyle. The life of Christ is not there. The Bible says that that that, that the hidden, <laughs> the hidden life, that our life is hid in Christ which means that we ain't found it. The Bible says, what, what's the favorite scripture? Kena, it is the, it's the glory of God to conceal matters, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. Sometimes you need to sit back and you need to look at how you handled that situation. And you need to, Go search the scriptures and see how you should have handled it. It's our heritage. That when tongues rise up against us, we will condemn it. But not if we're not blameless and innocent, above reproach, being children of light in a crooked and perverse generation. The Bible says we are living epistles known and read by men. When people look at us, we're supposed to be the Bible. We're supposed to be the word. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and they saw the glory. The glory of who? The Father. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. 
It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Hold on. That you pre to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that Say, I have to prove it. It's an individual thing. You're not going to be able to point no fingers. I told you, it's the only church. that uh, you, you probably won't never hear me tell you, look at your neighbor. Nope. Look at yourself. <laughs> it says so that you can prove the will of God right there. Just right there. So that you can prove what is the will of God in any given situation. Renee, we're supposed to prove what is the will of God for this situation. How should I conduct myself? How should I act? How should I react? What should I be doing? You can't do this if you ain't been practicing righteousness. If you ain't been praying, you're going to be in the flesh. If you ain't been in that word, you ain't going to have nothing. There ain't going to be nothing in you to fight with. Soon as Jesus got baptized, Father sent them right into the wilderness. For what? To be tempted, test, and tried. To, 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 to make sure his soul was ready for the ministry and the destiny that he had for him. He had to prove himself. You will receive the Holy Spirit and you will become a witness. <laughs> a witness? You know that the Greek word for, for witness is martyr? You will become a witness. So he said, the scripture says, so that we, you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good, say good, good. Acceptable, acceptable, and perfect. Now, in proving the will of God, there's three areas you can prove it in. You can either prove it's good, which means that's honorable. You did the right thing. Good job. It's acceptable, which means I'm very pleased with what you did. And then it's perfect, which is a combination of integrity and virtue, which means virtue is moral excellence in front of people. Virtue is moral excellence behind closed doors. Integrity is... Moral excellence behind closed doors. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Virtue is moral excellence in front of people. So that's the perfect life. That's why the Bible, the Bible talks about 30, 60, 100. If you do it good, that's 30-fold. If you do it acceptable, that's 60-fold, which means it's more than half. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But it's still 40% on the table. You still got growing to do. When you do it perfect, that's a hundredfold. Now, if you only do it 30-fold, you only get 30% of your destiny. Let me say that again. If you only do it 30-fold, you only get 30% of your destiny. 
which means you might get a nice house, car, but you won't get the rest. <laughs> you might find the, the spouse, but you won't get the ministry. You might get the ministry, but you won't get anything else. When you do a 60-fold, that means you might get, you know, get, find the right spouse, get your ministry, the business that he called you to walk into, but it's still some stuff you leave on the table. When you do it a hundredfold, you get everything that he has for you. I'm going advise, to advise you to do it a hundredfold. Because he says that it is up to us to prove. But if we cannot prove, the issue is this. The scripture says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. And the reason why we can't conform and we haven't transformed our mind is because for some reason we don't like worship. We don't want to be a living sacrifice. It's not dead. Not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Which means while you're going through your day, <laughs> while you're walking in the middle of life, Things are happening to you, but you sustain it because of who you walk with. It's okay for somebody to offend you. Matter of fact, sometimes you need to be offended because you need to see what's in there. He needs us to prove, mean to authenticate this. The Bible says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. The Bible says that we are to be a witness. Y'all should see y'all face. But this is our heritage. No weapon that is formed against us is supposed to prosper. It's not supposed to prosper. The weapon is supposed to form, but it's not supposed to prosper. It's supposed to form just enough for you to know it's there and you to see it defeated. But it only works when you align yourself with his will. Outside his will, in the flesh, it looks like it's prospering. It's not prospering. It's just that you are not abiding in the word. And the word ain't abiding in you. And you study asking for stuff. Ask for patience. Uh-oh. Nobody want to ask for that. Ask for humility. Father, give me a test. I just heard somebody say, I ain't saying that. <laughs> Father, give me a test. I want to prove myself to you. I have not seen ears, have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart the things that he has prepared for you. And you just need to endure the testing. The Bible says, let patience have its perfect work. Whatever you're going through right now, that's working your patience, there's a perfect work. The Bible says that God works in us his will and to do his good pleasures. He's working it in you. He's working it in you. At work, he's working it in you. At home, with your spouse, he's working it in you. On the job, he's working it in you. In traffic, they keep cutting you off, won't let you buy. He's working it in you. 
I need you to open your eyes so you can see that the things that are going against you are really for you. It's actually making you stronger. It ain't, look, it ain't no coincidence that black people are extremely strong. Why is that? Why is that? All of the oppression that we have been through? We ain't going to talk about what, you know, we ain't going to talk about slavery. We don't talk, we just, just amongst ourselves. Just amongst us. We ain't got to talk about what the government doing, the white, I ain't trying to hear all that anyway. Okay? Everybody's enslaved. Okay? The blacks were enslaved, were enslaved, and most of it was because of what we worshipped. But we don't talk about that. Okay? But just like the white people are enslaved to hate. Why would you make Jesus white? Whatever. Y'all want to talk about it? When we know he's black. Because, we want, because if we don't make him white, we won't worship. And then on the other side, we want to make him white so y'all won't. <laughs> so they made him white to satisfy them. Then, by them making them white, we refuse to do it. <laughs> well, anyway, Jesus didn't tell us to worship him. He said, worship the Father. So. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm kind of upset I don't get some of the arguments y'all get. I'd be kind of upset. I'd be wanting them arguments. Come to me, Hebrew Israelite brother. Come. <laughs> Come, please. <laughs> Why y'all worshiping that white Jesus? Jesus didn't tell us to worship him. Where in the Bible it say that? Have you not read? <laughs> he said, worship the Father. He said, pray to the Father. He said, when you pray, the Father will meet you in secret. Then he said, the Father will reward you. First Peter, chapter 4, verse 14 through 17. I'm closing. It says, if you are insulted... For the name of Christ, you are blessed. Glory. Woo! Come on, shout to that now. Come on. <laughs> Look at Ed, man. <laughs> shout to that. That's a shouting scripture right there. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief, or an evildoer, or a troublesome meddler. So you're going to suffer, but make sure you're not suffering because you're doing the wrong thing. You're already going to suffer. Okay? If you want to suffer in the life of Christ, and then it, because you want to walk in flesh, that's up to you. Some people want double suffering. Not me. Verse 16. It says, but if any one suffers as a Christian, as a child of God, as a son of the Most High, as a daughter, as a seed, as a progeny, as a descendant of Abba, he is not to be ashamed. 
but is to glorify God in this name. This is our heritage. This is our portion. We will suffer. People are going to insult you. Why would Paul say that I take liking to insults? <laughs> he said, I boast about my weaknesses, hardships. He said, these are the things that I look forward to. Why would he say that? So he can prove. So he can prove to the Father, I'm worthy. Verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. How does that look? It is time for judgment to begin with us. Amen. It's time for judgment to begin with us. It's time for us to judge ourselves by the word. It says for if it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. His sons and daughters. And then it says, and if it begins with us, what would be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? It begins with us. He said, if it begins with us, then those who are not even living this life, what's <laughs> those who are not even considering. This is our heritage. No weapon formed against us will prosper, but it may look like it's prospering if your soul not prospering. The Bible says we are supposed to be in good health and prosper as our souls prosper. Weapons are prospering because our souls are not prospering, because we ain't got time for the word. Because we meditate on everything but what he said. Don't worry about what the boss said. Worry about what he said. Don't worry about what the government said. Worry about what he said. This is our heritage. That every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn it. But it does no good if we are living a life in flesh and we're condemning ourselves already. We don't even know if the word works. We don't even know if it works. It is our job to prove the life that is in Christ. Amen? It is our job to prove the life that is in Christ. It is our job to prove that we are his daughters. This is our heritage, that we prove these things. Okay? We have to prove it. You inviting, look, you inviting people into stuff that they don't see working in your life. Come to church. Why? You rude, obnoxious, <laughs> you a liar. Why are you inviting me to something that ain't working for you? That's what I tell folks when they invite me to church. Why are you inviting me for something that ain't working for you? I had a brother invite me to his church. I said, if you tell me how it's working, to you, working for you, I'll be there Sunday. He still ain't told me. This was in 2014. 
I said, if you tell me how it's working for you, how it's changing your life, I'll come. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Somebody asks you, look, don't be lying on me. Y'all get good words. <laughs> if it ain't working, it's because you ain't listening. I told you, Satan can't do nothing with a child of God who knows who they are. It's all about identification. It's all about you identity. And the worst thing you can do in this world, in this lifetime, Terry, is to be not in the homeland and lose your identity. Imagine you in Africa, you in another country, and you lose your passport. What you going to do? You got to tell them people, this is who I really am. <laughs> this is where we are. We have lost our identity or never had it. So we have to retune our ears. I want us to retune our ears, okay? I want us to refocus our mind. Because when you go through something, I want you to hear the Father saying, prove you a doer. That's when you hear the Spirit. See, that's when you hear the Spirit, prove you a doer of the word. Y'all heard how they disrespected you? Prove you a doer of the word. Prove you a disciple. Right in the middle of the situation, I want you to hear the Spirit. Not this, your spirit. Not the spirit of vengeance. <laughs> You have to prove, you got to hear the spirit, prove what's good, prove what's acceptable, prove what's perfect. I need you to prove that you walk by faith and not by sight. Don't just say it. Prove you have faith. The just shall live by faith. You have to prove it. When I tell y'all my, when I give y'all my life story, I'm proving to y'all that the word that I'm teaching y'all can change you. I'm proving it to you. In 2000, I got a tattoo over here. Say rated R. <laughs> Explicit language, violence, nudity, you know all that stuff, rated R, okay. In 2002, I got another tattoo right here, and this tattoo said poker face. Now, the purpose of me getting the first tattoo, because that's what my life consisted of. The second tattoo was because I didn't want nobody to see the hand that I had been dealt. So I got a tattoo that said poker face because I vowed you would never look at me and see how I grew up. You would never look at me and say, he's been molested, he's been abandoned, he's been abused. You would never look at me and see, and, and see that. You would never look at me and see how many times people put guns in my head, how many times I, were, I was robbed, how I never had family support. You would never, I'm teaching you stuff that work that will pull you out. If you want to, I can sit down with you and share, you my, share my life story with you and show you and prove to you that the word works. All you got to do is apply the word. It's always going to be a reason not to. I told you I hated my father, hated my mother, hated both of them. 
And the father said, you're going to have to prove this. As soon as I came back to him, the first thing he did was connect me with them and both of them now live in my house. I got two people living in my house that abandoned me and I got to forgive them and prove that the word is working in my life. You got to prove this stuff. You're not going to be able to sit with these lame duck excuses of why you can't. When Paul was killing Christians and then turned his life around and wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, what's your excuse? We got to prove it. How many of y'all with me? How many of y'all want to prove? Prove the Father. Prove that you are light. That's why I told you it's a difference between some. Don't let people lie to you. The church are not the people. Okay, the people are not the church. The church is the people who are God's children who grow up in the kingdom and decide, I'm going to prove the word. I'm going to show that I'm light. I'm going to show that I'm salt. I'm going to show that I'm royalty. I'm going to show that I'm an ambassador. Let us pray. Y'all learn something?